Welcome to Breaking the Panel. We take you from the back bins of comic books all the way to the big screen. We cover everything with passion and integrity about comic books. Today, you're going to get some spoiler-free spoilers coming up. We're going to talk about some TV stuff going on and new trailers. All this coming up with some awesome sauce. Film, television, literature, even music. These days, it's all about the comics. I am Arrow. I'm Batman. Supergirl? What does S.H.I.E.L.D. stand for, Agent Ward? I am Iron Man. And I am Spider-Man. Hulk. Smash. We're living the comics life. We're breaking the panel. I am Emmett Voss McFall. Because that's what has been taken off throughout the Giant Size Team Up Network. Along with me, as always, and I hope it to remain the same, we've got Paul Klotz. Yeah. <laughs> You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. <laughs> you know, it, it'd be nice if uh, before we start these intros that you would tell us which one you're going to throw to first. So I'm not just sitting here like, oh, it's me. But that ruins that ruins the enjoyment talking. on my side. I oh, enjoy yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it makes me laugh. So, <laughs> oh, it's you. now from the Helicure, the other show that we do about Marvel Avengers Alliance. The reason I go to you first is because we we Ibbit's going to do headlines. Headlines, yeah. so it kind of yeah. rolls today. I don't know. I just kind of we just did from the Helicarrier, so it just was there. So, you know, tough. <laughs> so, Cots. Who is who's the one that did the the Star Wars? Is that Ibit or is that you? No, that's well, you, Klotz, right? I or, had the first what? article in there. Klotz okay. has the second, but it makes right. the most sense to do his article first. Okay, Klotz, go. So there's a, <laughs> man, this boom. Uh, so there's this great article that got shared on Facebook uh, from uprocks.com. and it, it, it was posted yesterday, but it's, I think it still applies to today. And it says literally, today, this day is the best day to be a Star Wars fan. And to paraphrase the article a little bit, I'll give you the little intro here and then I'll paraphrase the rest. Uh, he goes, today is the best day to be a Star Wars fan. Today, not tomorrow, not Thursday, not this weekend, it's today. There is no better day. Savor it. You will never get it back. This is the only day that will feel this good. And he goes on to talk about how, like, basically, once the movie hits, it's a known factor. You know, like within a few days, everybody will have gone and seen it and the few stragglers will start to hear the rumblings of uh, the Internet and the, uh, you know, the, their friends and everything. And you'll get a general vibe of, you know, whether everybody thinks this is a smash hit, whether it's a steaming pile, like all of that stuff. And we're, we're going to get to some early reviews from the premiere last night in a bit. But like the whole idea is that right now. As a Star Wars fan, your excitement's at an all-time high. We have no right. idea what we're walking into. You know what I mean? And that's a wonderful thing. And the, the reason I wanted to share this article and the concept behind it is because I don't think we stop and smell the roses like that often enough. You know, it's – we're always so amped up for the latest big reveal and everything for things that are coming out. But we never, like, take the moment to, like, kind of bask in it and just say, hey, this is a great time to be excited about something I love. And it could go horribly wrong <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. very shortly. But, I mean, I, I, I hope that it doesn't. But uh, I just wanted to point that out to everybody. Um, and, you know, he goes on to point out that uh, it's been uh, – it was 16 years between the original trilogy and A Phantom Menace. 
and then it was three years between each of those. And then when um, the third film, Revenge of the Sith, came out, they said, this is it. You know, we're right. never doing Star Wars again. Like, that was the rule then, right? He said, no more. Oh, it's yeah, funny yeah. because there, I, I can point you to an article in Starlog magazine where George Lucas said, I'm going to do four, five, six, then one, two, three, and then seven, eight, nine. And then all of a sudden, it's almost like he rewrote history and said, nope, I only ever wanted to do six of yeah, these. Right. But there was there was a time when he did say he was planning on doing all nine. But uh, yes. But mm-hmm. I remember the day that, you know, three came out and they said, "Get your take a deep breath. These are your last Star Wars. <laughs> Enjoy mm-hmm. it. <laughs> now, uh, public opinion is a little bit split, but generally it is uh, regarded that the the new trilogy, the prequels, are not exactly up to par of the original trilogy. I think that's pretty much <laughs> that's, shared by almost everybody. That is the most <laughs> diplomatic way I've ever heard of well, saying that. <laughs> my, my, my roommate, for example, is one of the biggest Star Wars fans I've ever met. And I'm, I thought I was a huge Star Wars fan, but he, he makes me seem like a sweet summer child who knows nothing. Um, <laughs> But uh, he doesn't really have a problem with the prequels. He enjoys them. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, over the years, I've chipped away at that because, you know, that's what I do. <laughs> I basically attack, attack false notions. Um, right. And he started to, you know, acquiesce to the fact that, like, okay, there, there's some issues and stuff. Um, like, the biggest complaints are generally stuff like the dialogue's terrible. Sorry, George, sure. but you can't write dialogue to save a Jar-jar, life. Jar Jar, midichlorians. Exactly. Well, you know, all that kind of yeah, of course. Yeah, and somebody. Yeah, why did you have to write comment? Of course, that was stupid. Well, it's, uh, yeah, exactly. Somebody yeah. pointed out the original three, you know, four, five, and six, mm-hmm. where it's gritty and grainy because it's on film, but it's all these practical effects. But if you really look, everything's squared and dirty. Every mm-hmm. building is squared off. Everything's got dirt on it. Even the stormtroopers, they've got dirt mm-hmm. on their stuff. Right. Everything's dirty, and partially that was a low budget film for the very first one. And then you could tell, because I've been watching them back to back with my kids to get them ready for this launch. Uh, only four, five, and six. You know, I don't, I don't believe one, two, and three exist. But, uh, but somebody did say Thank if you. you go to one, two, and three, it's bright colors and it's clean. Everything's mm-hmm. rounded. There's everything no shiny, polished. Yeah, and that yeah. that just doesn't feel almost right everything. Almost every scene for the new trilogy was shot on a soundstage. Yeah. And it was all green screen. Like, I mean, and it, it took so much out of it. Um, now, don't get I mean, me wrong. Some of it's gorgeous, but Star Wars right, isn't necessarily yeah. supposed to be gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, there's moments. Like, I, I like to talk about, like, if if you've seen the Topher Grace cut of the prequels, where he, uh, he basically, it's this legendary thing that's gone around, you know, the quiet corners of the internet. And I think it's relatively easy to find nowadays. But he basically takes all three films trims them up and makes them into one I think it's like three and a half maybe almost four hour film mm-hmm. um, and he cuts a lot of fat he cuts so much fat that the only real scene from the first film is the <laughs> duel of fates nice right. because the Darth Maul was one of the best things about the Phantom Menace you don't want it when you do the machete cut which is the uh, we're watching him now in machete order which is four five let's see four five two three six and leaving one out completely the one thing you do miss by doing the machete order is um is darth maul so that what you're describing is a great way to get just that good bit of one uh intermixed with all the other ones personally and and um i don't i'm not one of those that completely hates 
uh, episode one. I actually kind of like episodes two and three more than I think uh, the average Star Wars fan does. Um, five. You know what you know, I hate? What's that? Sand. It's coarse <laughs> and it gets into everything. <laughs> yeah. Wizard. I'm sorry. Uh, you, just, you set me up for that. I did. Yeah, that was good. That was good. But uh, there's aspects of one of episode one that aren't that aren't bad. Darth Maul is great. Visually, I think I the pod so. race is one of the coolest. Yeah. You know things since zero the, point in the movie, but I thought it was cool. And every movie's that's, got see, a really cool. <laughs> really, the pod I, race. Oh, I hate the pod race. I mean, I would have liked the pod race if it was like a ten minute scene. But it's sure. like it dominates the whole mm-hmm. second act of that film. Right. And it, it takes over. And, and and it's really the thing that really gets me about it is it's essentially just a marketing ploy. It does almost nothing to develop the story. Mm-hmm. Like everything that contributes to the story that happens in that pod race could be shown in five minutes. And then you could have done five minutes to build up to it and, you know, then slid off and just did actual story stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was this big visual spectacle to show what you can do with computers and to sell toys is my, is my honest opinion. Um, and that's my big problem with it. It's I'm also not a fan of NASCAR. So, I mean, that might tell you something else. That... <laughs> well, I'm not either, but I feel like every movie has, has that style of visual. I think you're right that it's, it's primary story driving purpose is to get Anakin out of the clutches of, uh, um, mm-hmm. not Sebulba. What's the other Watto you know, the slavery thing and say, okay, he's free to go, but oh no, his mom has to stay on Tatooine and all. But, uh, um, whereas you've got a similar thing with the trench battle in A New Hope, you've got a similar thing with the, uh, Endor forest chase in Mm. Return of the Jedi. And all of those are for, for far bigger purposes than just, we have this one little plot point that we need to precariously balance on top of a really cool visual um, because we really want to have this really cool visual in the film. Yeah. So, yeah. so I can see, I can totally see your point on that. I like it just for the visual. I mean, I think it's yeah. a gorgeous, it's mm-hmm. a, it's such a oh, well yeah, done. But I yes. mean, especially for the time it was done in it, it it's a, it's a marvel of achievement. Like it's, it's really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But for, sure. for me, it, it's, it's kind of like the new Hobbit films, like without getting into the, getting way sidetracked. Um, there are scenes in the new Hobbit films that are visually stunning, but mm-hmm. the storytelling is lacking, in, right. especially in the second and third film. The third <laughs> film's a travesty. Are you going to bring up the uh, the high-speed inner tube chase down the, <laughs> the ra- raging waters? <laughs> yeah. Barrel rider. <laughs> yes, right. Um, which was in the – that scene was in the book, but not like that. It wasn't a, a freaking right. – theme park ride (laughs) they sealed themselves in barrels and floated down the river the end move on to next chapter like yeah oh yeah no but uh yeah that's another perfect example of a a big big budget big hype huge fan base film that has all of this riding on its shoulders and it can't deliver because of various reasons. Mm-hmm. And we, we now know more about that because uh, Peter Jackson has revealed that he was winging it literally. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was a thing where like the visuals can't carry bad storytelling. It will right. fall apart. Even if it's right. based on something that is amazing, which anything star Wars is, I mean, it's mm-hmm. core is star Wars. It's still this great epic story that everybody is everybody who's a fan of star Wars is hooked in for pretty much the same reasons I would like to think. And it's, it's this epic space adventure. And I just, yeah. I, 
I just want to know when the hell we're going to Kashyyyk, because that's that's all I care about. Well, we were there. We were there in episode three. That movie doesn't exist. So when the hell are we going to Kashyyyk? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I do. I do. Oh, I do you enjoy the also... movies for some of the things that they did do. Okay, oh, one, three two, words three for you. Four words for you. Uh-huh. Star Wars Christmas special. Ah! <laughs> oh God, no! There's your kashik. Enjoy no, your kashik. Soak it in. Come on, no. Well, the, the, there, there <laughs> is the the fair criticism of Return of the Jedi and the fact that people say the entire Endor sequence is completely ridiculous because of the um, Ewoks. Mm-hmm. And but, but people you, love Ewoks. But yeah. if in your mind you replace Endor with Kashik and you replace the Ewoks with Wookies. It's good. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So uh, I'm just waiting for the George Lucas special edition version of that oh where they all God. get super. He stretches. Over. He stretches the Ewoks into six foot tall uh, <laughs> Wookiees. See, this is the episode we should have had Ming on because he could do the Wookiee for us. You know, oh, his, be, yeah, yeah his Wookiees parade. Yeah, um, so, yeah, there, there. The first movie, number one, was all just. Comp- I agree with Klaus. It was just computers to me. It, it was very. You're saying episode files. one? Yes. Episode one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was. It was all what. Here's what we can do with computers. And at first, I was kind of like, "Wow, this is gorgeous." But then something just didn't sit right, and I finally figured it out uh, later, like because that's not what Star Wars was. It was ninety percent, ninety percent graphics. When when I can't remember if this is episode one or I think it's episode one, where. Obi-Wan dives off the balcony to chase the assassin and he's flying, you're dodging flying cars. And um, that's the second film. Is that the second film? Yeah. Yeah. In that scene, I'm going, what's. Oh, I love that scene. It's cool, but it's like, it didn't, I don't know, it took me out of the movie for a second. It just didn't feel like anything. Really? The high speed chase on Coruscant? No, 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 just the the falling through the cars before he got to the chase part. We're going to beat up on poor Ibbot here. Sorry. All right. Yeah, I love that scene. I mean, that's one of my favorite things about episode two. See, now I hate that scene, and I also similarly hate the the epic chase between Obi-Wan and Anakin in the third film for the same reasons, because they go too far into the uncanny valley for me. They, they take me too far into the unbelievable. In most of the rest of the films, you see the, you know, a Jedi and Force-sensitive people using the Force to accentuate their abilities, but it's not completely absurd. In that sequence, it is just so over the top and absurd that I can't. Um, it takes me out of it. it, is, it, it is it any more far fetched than Luke inside Bespin just had his hand cut off, looking oh, I've down, seeing that this... scene too? I hate ledge scenes. Okay, let me throw that out there. <laughs> to be fair, because I the two Star Trek films I have the same problem with because they keep doing that in the two new Star Trek films. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's you know the one scene where uh, Kirk and uh, Scotty are hanging from the, the banister in the middle of the ship. And I'm like, that's so stupid. I hate that. Don't do that. Like, don't do that because real people can't hold on to things like that for more than a couple seconds in a, when your ship is exploding all around you and debris is flying. Like, that's not real. I mean, and I know we're talking about fantastic of course. stuff here. We're talking about fantasy and, you know, fake make believe, but it's the, it's the uncanny Valley thing in video games. If things don't, if things look too real but not real enough, it takes you out of it and it starts to creep you out. And for me, it's my suspension of disbelief. If you don't have things be realistic enough, I immediately am pulled out of it and I stop enjoying it. And that's my big problem with those couple scenes in those films. I think that so. for me it's just a thing that you know, you've got to give 
you've got to think about this whole Jedi uh, use of the Force as not just, and and I'm sure you do this, but I mean, it, you know, not just um, the 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 grabbing of the lightsaber out of the snow or the uh, the choking somebody across the room or mm-hmm. through a through a monitor. That um, was awesome. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but being so in tune with your surroundings that you can say, okay, if I fall, if I jump off this car right now, then I can, you know, then I can dodge that one, that one, that one this way, land in this one, able to grab it and and go just the same way Luke was able to tune himself into being able to get sucked into that tube. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't saying, no, I'd rather die than join you and I'm going to kill myself. He was, uh, all right, I see a way that I can take advantage of my oneness with the force to, uh, escape and get out one of these, uh, one of these gas vents. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the way I've always done it. Even, uh, there's even a scene in, uh, empire, which we'll watch last night. Obviously that's why it's currently on my mind sure. where during the fight between Vader and Luke in the carbonite freezing chamber, Vader gets him to back mm-hmm. up and falls into the carbonite thing. He Vader turns out. to flick the switch. And then you see this, this, impossible by human standards but okay can be done if you're one with the force jump where mm-hmm. luke flies up in the air to to escape being uh, mm-hmm. frozen carbonite right. see I, I don't mind stuff like that like i guess it's hard for me to describe exactly where it crosses the threshold for me sure and takes me out of it but i really think it's like those those really chaotic scenes where they they jump onto the tiniest perch that would barely fit their whole entire foot kind of thing mm-hmm. that's what drives me crazy like the, the lava scene in the third film is just like my big thing with that scene is like, you can't be that close to lava. Like, <laughs> and not, you can't and not just get singed. Yeah. You're not it, necessarily standing in it, but you're close enough to it. That I mean, clearly they're people. clearly they're flammable because things don't work out for Anakin. Spoiler alert. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just yes. like, so stuff like that really bugs me. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean the force is what makes it amazing. I mean, I can believe the shot in the Death Star Trench, you know, into yeah. the exhaust port. As absurd and stupid as that whole thing really is. Because people, you know, when you really break it down, it's like, that doesn't make any actual sense. But that's, it doesn't matter. That's not the point, you know? Sure. But some of the other stuff does take me out of it. So, like, it, yeah. It, There's some, yeah. I think uh, different different levels of suspension of disbelief, I, mm-hmm. I think, is is rampant among all Because you, you also see franchises. it in games like, you know, Star Wars Old Republic. I mean, you you get to see more of what you're talking about where it's this, you know, it, some of the some of it is just combat type stuff and it's stuff we're used to. But other parts of it kind of imply the especially the trailer for Star Wars Old Republic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It showed Jedi masters essentially fighting Sith masters and they're using every applicable, you know, method of using the force to try to stay alive to try to attack and you know it's it's crazy and it's awesome and i believe i like that stuff i get into so um yeah so i don't know i can't really Makes fully sense. quantify it yeah no but it's uh, totally understandable totally uh, uh totally uh not what, what's the word i'm looking for understandable you know it's yeah. uh uh, not everybody is going to have whatever whatever their threshold is for believability it's going to be different for every person and and um uh, totally makes sense. So I need to. I definitely need to go back and watch one, two, and three through Ibid eyes and go. Okay, let me <laughs> let me clear my mind. You know, you know, let the force flow through me and see see go. what the good side of this is. It I've surrounds us. It binds stuff. us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and go back yeah. and and watch it um, again because 
there were definitely some things that break. See, I'm the guy who goes to believe, and I do remember liking the films as they came out. But as I, as time went by, mm-hmm. and maybe I was influenced by other input, but I also was thinking about what happened. You know, my kids have watched them a number of times, and I'm like, yeah, you, know, you know, another thing that broke for me a little bit was, yeah, Yoda should be most badass Jedi in the world. Why? Because when we were introduced to him, he was the most badass Jedi in the world because he's one of the last Jedi's in the universe known universe mm-hmm. you know so it it doesn't track back so when we make him super badass in the movie it broke for me because it was it became obviously computerized now i enjoyed it you know, him mm-hmm. whipping around and being super squirrely fast and you know lightsaber cane and stuff mm-hmm. uh but even in the moment it's like eh, because he's too fast it's it's i went i'm believing i'm believing i'm believing and oh that's a computer you know, and it was just it, it kind of hurt me. But if you can get past some of that stuff, uh, I think you'll you'll get a lot more out of it. And I'm so looking forward to. I mean, if if nothing else, seeing a star destroyer crash in the desert. I've said it once, and we'll say it a million times. That that just restores all hope. That in, visual, in yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's such a gorgeous awesome. visual. Um, there's uh, one of the books that um, came out in between, or I think just came out recently that talks about the events right after return of the Jedi that, um, you know, the destruction of the death star and the fling of the Imperials called aftermath. And I haven't read it yet, but, um, I'm sure it goes into, I'm sure one of these books, uh, stories is going to tell the story of this, this, uh, star destroyer. If we don't get that in the movie, if we don't know, yeah. um, the exact story of but why there's now, a star destroyer in the middle of this uh, planet. When I used, I, I used to get the GameStop or Game Informer magazine and when Battlefronts was being prepped to come out, one of the things they're doing, I think it's actually partially live now for free on the Xbox Gold Marketplace, mm-hmm. is Battlefronts, the three, I think it is, the newest Star Wars game that's out. Right. Some of the things they're going to do is tell the stories of the battles that you don't know. And I think, if I'm correct, the email that I got currently is if you're a gold member on Xbox One, uh, of course, you do have to own the game. You can't just play it. But sure. for free... <laughs> You get to play this week long battle of Battle of Jack, Jakku or something. Jakku, yeah, I believe. It's that's the battle right. leading into this movie. Oh, cool! So some yeah, of the that's stories really be told cool. there. Yeah. Huh. Yep. Yeah, they uh, they held that back at the initial launch until just recently. Then they released it, I think, a week or so ago. Yep. Yeah. So that's oh, out. That sounds, um, that sounds mm-hmm. great. And then if you choose to buy it, all your progress will be saved. It's a it's an addition, basically, it's an add on pack of some kind. Right. Uh, it's, so it, well, it's there. it's basically just a map because there's really no solo campaign mode. Okay. It's it's all multiplayer, like Call of Duty kind of gameplay. Um, I mean, that's a whole other topic we can discuss on another show sometime because yeah. there's been some negative feedback Come out, out of the game. Perhaps. For, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, yeah, you get to to do the Battle of Jakku, and um, I think there was another one that was really on another feature at some point that showed some stuff because that's what they really did with this film is they did all these little tie-ins. I mean, I saw in the the X-Wing Miniatures game with uh, they recently released a second starter set that had um, it's the same layout. It's got an X-Wing in it, but it's the new T-70 X-Wing for the new films. And it's got two ties in it, just like the original one did, except that the new First Order ties. Oh, cool. 
Yeah, and they've been, that's been out for months now. That's been out for like four or five months. Um, and it's this really cool thing that gets you all amped up, and you're like, you see all these character names, and there's a little bit of lore on the cards, and you're like, oh, I can't wait to find out who these people are. <laughs> like, you know, what <laughs> what this world is like now, you know what I mean? Or worlds, I should say. But, yeah, no, they, they've done a lot of really sweet um, tie-in. You know, I mean, part of it's marketing, but part of it is just also building a more fleshed out uh, world yeah. where you get to explore it in different products. So. so now that we've done a lot of time on this, Claude, or not Claude, sorry, Claude started with Ibit. You've yes. got an article that's going to take us a little bit further into the world of Star Wars. Right. So last night, this uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. Last night was the uh, um, the premiere uh, in, uh, uh, where was it? I think California, I think at uh, what used to be Grauman's Man's Chinese Theater, and uh, which is cool because that's one one of the places where they had the the uh, first Star Wars premieres, and the muckety mucks, the the suits, the <laughs> celebrities, uh, all got to see it. Folks like Patton Oswalt and Elizabeth Banks and Chris Hardwick and and um, you know what? And Not us. Not us. We're not. We're not high enough. We're not a list enough. Hey, we've got a good year to get that high to be invited to the next premiere. That's right. But the good news about it, uh, a, is that the reviews are overwhelmingly positive, and b, is that they uh, what we're looking at right here is is spoiler free. So talking about some of these tweets that came through, uh, the people uh, who saw it, uh, and the things they said on the internet. Um, we're going to be reading a few of these. And of course, if you haven't seen, uh, force awakens yet, when we upload this show, then don't worry, we're not going to be giving anything away other than people enjoying it. But folks like, um, uh, Elizabeth Banks, uh, you know, uh, what's her face from the hunger games, <laughs> Jen, uh, Jennifer Lawrence. No, no, that's, that's Katniss. Uh, Elizabeth Banks is the Effie. Oh, I thought right you were saying. Thing. I thought you were saying. And what's her? Oh face no, no, from, no, no, no. Sorry, I'm sorry. No, yeah, you're I'm right. trying to She's, come up with a character name. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Um, uh, so she says, "Star Wars: Force Awakens totally delivers. No spoilers. I repeat, no spoilers. Again, no spoilers. Just wow." <laughs> uh, Scott Feinberg has Best Picture Oscar potential. This is from Hollywood Reporter, which I think is uh, that's crazy to think about the uh, a Star Wars film as as um, Best Picture worthy but i mean they're talking about um mad max fury road as being mm-hmm. oscar worthy which uh which is really cool to hear it's such very different um yeah. best picture style uh chris hardwick and this is the one it's funny there were two names in here that i gravitated to and said these are people who are going to give the the honest no rhetoric no bs response like they're not sitting in Lucas's pocket or I'm sorry, Disney's pocket. Um, they're going to say if they enjoy it. Chris Hardwick is one. He says, no spoilers, but The Force Awakens is beyond amazing. Truly, it was an emotional experience that exceeded my hopes, which is so good to hear. Uh, and then Patton Oswalt, uh, another mm-hmm. person that I would trust to be, tell it like it is. Uh, he just says simply, JJ did it. So review wise, again, it's like all this, this, hype that keeps pushing this platform up that I'm hoping doesn't get let down by anything. Um, cause we had the same thing with, um, the Phantom Menace. There was so much hype. Yeah, I went to hype. Yeah. that summer or I'm sorry, that, uh, spring before the movie opened was the first star Wars celebration. It happened to be in Denver and it was on a really muggy, rainy, muddy day in uh, Denver. My uncle and I went out there 
and bought, I did anyway, bought action figures and posters and an episode one sweatshirt, which I still have in my closet and all this episode one stuff. And it was like, okay, that was, that was all right. It was okay for a movie. Maybe it was fair for a Star Wars movie, but it was, it was this, you know, all this hype couldn't, you couldn't help but be let down by what was eventually uh, delivered. And I'm hoping that we don't have so much hype, so many commercials, so many tie-ins that we're going to be so excited to see this thing. And even if it's great, it's not going to live up to the expectations and, and things right. that we have. I, I've i had to turn myself off from the hype because every good movie is going to have hype. I sure. Mean, it just is. Sure. But when I'm in, when, when I'm in Coles, of all places, <laughs> of and I Coles see a whole Star Wars section, I was like, yes. oh, come on. Right. No, yeah. no, oh. no. I've got you beat, sir. Okay. Before, not to derail us too much, I was in Five Below recently, which is a discount store. Um, everything in the store is $5 or less. Okay. And my roommate are looking, and I are looking at all the toys in this one section, and there are all these really cheesy, terrible toys, like little, like old school board game type things. And all. they have these huge, they have multiple sections full of Star Wars stuff, right? But we're seeing these like games that have nothing to do with Star Wars. And there's just a Star Wars sticker like laid on like one of the, the blank spaces on the toy set or whatever. And now it's branded as Star Wars. So like Kylo Ren's helmet, there's just a sticker. It was so bad. I, I, I literally go, what the is that like that's not it has nothing to do with star wars there were star wars q-tips my friends right right 199 yeah. has like either r2 or bb8 on it and you open it like i looked at it well i didn't open it but i looked at it i looked around and i'm like this is literally just a normal package a small travel package of q-tips right with a piece of plastic labeling around it that says star wars on it <laughs> yeah reddit yeah the like past, the uh the C-3PO and R2-D2 uh, Coffee Mate Kramer. <laughs> yeah. On Reddit, it was shared uh, this week. I saw that there are uh, oranges and bananas and grapes that are all branded with Star Wars marketing. Yeah. You know what? If that gets kids to eat them, I, that's the only thing I can think of. Is somebody said, you know how we can get kids to eat uh, oranges? <laughs> Actually, I guess it'd be worse if it was bro or more appropriate if it was broccoli. Kids will eat grapes. Kids will eat oranges. Yeah. They want to eat broccoli. Stick Star Wars on your broccoli. Yeah, and I can't. I can't fault Disney for taking the dollars. You know, no. Um, no. It just it. You do have to turn your brain off after a while because at first, like even when. Even when the Nerdist made such a huge deal about Target letting him in, you know, beforehand and, and the release of these toys, I'm thinking, but it's Target. Who cares? Mm -hmm. But then, of course, they were carrying the BB-8 remote control thing. And, and so it was more widespread. It wasn't before, like, where certain stores get the high-end toys. Other stores right. get the crappy toys. No, it wasn't like that this time. It was a nicer, <laughs> wider spread of good stuff with the, the crappy stuff. Um, but even, even after that, I was like, all right, uh, you know. Uh, my boss yesterday, one of my bosses uh, on the gig I work, his son, who's 19, needed a new laptop. So they go to Best Buy. They're shopping laptops. There's a Star Wars HP laptop. That's a grand. <laughs> and it had okay. It had decent hardware in it. Oh, specs. Yeah. Yeah. But for $50 more, you get a really great computer. You just don't get the Star Wars stuff on it. And the thing is, I mean, everything is themed Star Wars. You Like the, the trash can is a Death Star. Uh, but the the... 
the graphic on the the computer itself, and I think it's laser yes. printed. I don't think it's just a skin. I think it's actually laser printed. It's etched. On. Yeah, etched. laser yeah. etched. There you yeah. go. It looked really good. Oh, it's so cool. I don't I know if it's worth the money, but I was like, thing. all right, you know, I, I no. can't wait to go after that computer. And you get the That's... red tint, the red lighting on the keyboard. It is really yeah. cool. Yeah, um, there was. Uh, do you guys remember the the droid that came out a few years ago? I think it was about four years ago now. Um, four, three or four years ago, the the uh, it was an Android. One? Yeah, the R two D two. Yeah, that thing was actually pretty slick because. Oh like, yeah. That was a perfect example of where the marketing meets like an actual, actual cool product, you know, because uh, I had a friend of mine who had it and she got it. And I was like, this is like I got really annoyed by R2's whistling after <laughs> hanging out with her for like an hour. And I was like, you, right. you, that needs to go away. Can we turn that part off? Yeah. yeah. It's but, I have one sitting two feet behind me on the floor in front of <laughs> right behind my desk. <laughs> yeah. So that was a, a really good crossover product. You know what I mean? Um so when they do stuff like that, it, it can be pretty cool. I mean, I'm not gonna lie; I like the idea of a Star Wars laptop, kind of. Kind yeah, of, yeah, and look, and it's cool. The trackpad is the uh, targeting sensor from uh, from A New Hope. The you know the nice. the uh, the uh, trench <laughs> targeting sensor, really, really cool. Um, but uh, I wonder, I wonder if there's an alarm when you get on Facebook too much when you're supposed to be working. Admiral Atbar comes up, goes, "Stay on target, stay <laughs> on target." All right, that, that was would, that was gold leader. That was Gold Leader, not Admiral Akbar. Come on now. It was Captain Crunch. Shut up. <laughs> it was Captain Crunch. Sure. <laughs> or like when you get that late night sext that says Akbar's, it's a trap. There you go. Yes. That's where I thought you were going. Sorry, yes. my bad. <laughs> Here's a you get an email from a, a Nigerian prince. It's a trap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Perfect. I'm excited. I know you guys are getting to go opening night. You're gonna. You already have your stuff planned, and you're gonna go. Uh, I've actually decided to be a good dad this time, and instead of going opening night like I wanted to go, I'm waiting three days. You know, it's not that much, but I'm waiting a few days to when my kids are out of school for break, and I'm going to go with them to a late showing. Uh, the older set, the younger set, will stay. You know, with their. So being a good dad means not taking your kids to opening night. What? <laughs> no. I, well, I'm skipping. I can only really go once. Uh, this weekend uh, so it's like right. i could either go opening night and you know screw you kids or i can <laughs> wait a few days and take them and all of us go uh, together so you know i know my dad had you know as i grew up of course uh, 77 was when i was born and that's when star wars was released and uh he went to it um and of course i was a baby so i didn't go to it uh and he uh, even with the other two came out, I don't even, th I may have seen Return of the Jedi in the theaters, but I don't think I did. Uh, so I know his whole thing was he'd wished that we could have experienced it together. So, yeah, they're old mm -hmm. enough. We're going to get the experiences together. It's going to be fun. See, cool. if I were in your scenario, what I would do is go see it by myself so that I could just kind of like, you know, soak it all in. And, and do don't it. tell them. Be a big kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't tell them. But then take my kids a second time so that you can kind of actually take a break from watching the film to watch your kids watch it a little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. yeah. And really, because yeah. I mean, as a parent, like you were saying, your dad really wishes you guys could have shared that experience. How cool would it be to be able to see the look on your kids' faces at 
moments you know are coming up. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's going to be this thing's going to happen. Like, for example, the trench run. Like, if you could watch A New Hope again and the trench scene comes up and everything that happens there and just like kind of like half watching the movie, but also watching your kids react to it because it is such a powerful thing or whatever. Or like, you know, the Vader uh, Obi-Wan fight and mm-hmm. like, poof, mm-hmm. there goes, you know, I mean, like, I would love, mm-hmm. I'd actually. I mean, I'm not somebody who likes to take a lot of pictures with my phone or anything like that, but I could almost <laughs> see like just being like, uh, snap. Okay. Right. Got their faces that moment when Obi-Wan just disappears. That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause this is their first, this is their first star Wars in a theater. Correct. They may have seen the other movies, but this will be the yeah. first one. And everybody remembers which star Wars movie was the first one that they actually saw in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. Which mine was episode one. So. Oh, really? So not even the... But you and I are pretty close to the same age, aren't yeah, we? I may have, you know, I think maybe... I'd have to ask my parents if they remember. I may have seen uh, Return of the Jedi in you know, episode seven. I may wow. have seen that in the... No, sorry, episode six. Episode seven, I am thinking in the theater. Absolutely. <laughs> I may have seen episode six in the theater. Okay. Uh, but my parents also were, you know, uber religious and didn't do a whole lot of things, uh, you know. Didn't want sure, to expose sure. me to different things in life. But my dad was like, no, this is Star Wars. Um, so and of course Nothing I saw. No, I was I was uh, college-ish age when Phantom Menace came out, uh, so I saw all three of those in the theater. Sure, um, but it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting for sure. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Uh, my wife's going. Uh, we're the four of us are gonna go, and it's gonna be a blast, and it's gonna be a special event for him. And I did go and buy the Blu-ray of the uh, four, five, and six, so that we could mm-hmm. catch up. Uh, as a family together. And the younger ones, uh, the two little ones are two and a half and four, respectively. And they're actually paying attention most part. The two-year-old, eh. No, yeah, she likes so lightsaber sure. stuff and she'll, you know, whatever. But, but for the most part, she's not being distracting as she would in most movies. And the four-year-old actually, he, dude, he loves bad guys. <laughs> I, I dig that. I mean, it's cool. We got a poster that was Lego Batman. One side was Batman and Robin. The other side was Joker and mm-hmm. somebody else. He wanted the Joker side facing out. Hey, um, you can't go. You can't go wrong with a bad guy like Darth Vader. I know. As soon as he comes in on yeah. that first scene in Episode Four, yeah, my son Ryland, who's four, just started cracking up because I love him. I love him. He's all you know. And he went and found a Star Wars shirt. Of course, even though they haven't seen the movies, buy them the gear because we're geeks and we love it. So he went and found <laughs> one of his Star Wars shirts. It had Darth Vader on it. Made sure to put it on. And it had nice. you know Vader and Chewie and Han and and R two on the shirt and like he just kept pointing to Darth Vader I'm like I don't know what this means for your future <laughs> right. but I'm kind of no, cool with it it's perfectly fine yeah. perfectly oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, uh, talking about the DVDs I've got that that the uh, complete saga Blu-ray deal right yes. and we decided like I mentioned earlier we're going to do the machete order and uh, last night was coming to Empire Strikes Back my favorite film of the series I you know open up the booklet pull out the disc in the episode 5 um slot pop it into the playstation sit down and it starts showing um like episode one two and three bonus material like well that doesn't seem right let me pull this out so i open it back up oh well the discs must have just gotten swapped so i pull the disc out so it doesn't say on the disc what it is it did, but I didn't look at it because oh, okay. I just grabbed whatever was in that slot. They all have pictures of they all have pictures of friggin' stormtroopers and lightsabers yeah, on them. Well, uh, I, you're right. You know. So I, uh, I I take the disc out. I flip over to the part in the little book where the episode one, two, and three bonus material goes out. Oh, there's already a disc there. It's probably episode five. No, it looks exactly like the disc in my left hand. I've got. <laughs> 
the complete saga with two copies of the oh. one, two, three bonus materials disc. Oh no! So, so last night immediately. So no episode five. Not in that, not in that box. Oh, so I immediately went onto Amazon. I'll just buy the Blu-ray of. I can't, I can't, I can't have an incomplete set. But I'm not about to buy the entire complete mm-hmm. saga again just right. to get, So I just bought yeah, the. Yeah, if you uh, just buy episode five, it's twenty bucks. If you buy four, five, yeah. and six together, it's thirty bucks. Oh really? Yeah, well, I got, yeah, I I got it for my... sixteen. I got episode five for sixteen, which is fine well, with still me. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. I um, but it was funny. I had to go. It was. I was like grumbling to Tina. I have to watch the DVD version. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here, see, I didn't even think about the DVD because when you said it, because I know it comes with both. Uh, what are I thinking, DVDs? I think yeah, I was like, uh, oh, oh no, man, so you had to wait. Both. See, it, I was it, thinking you had to wait for it to come in. Oh God, no, yeah. no, because the 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 complete saga doesn't come with the DVD version, but it does come with um, digital. So I could have oh, pulled it up on nice. iTunes on the Apple TV, but I did. We did have the old um, DVD, which I had to go out and get from another book. Is like, yeah, where do we have all those old ones? So, so we watched the DVD, which is still so, still fun for anybody who's being inspired to go get yours. I recently did the shopping on it because I did not own a, a decent copy of four, five, and six. I had collected or been given one, two, and three throughout the years on DVD. And uh, so I recently, uh, as of this year, got a Blu-ray player. So I'm like, I want the Blu-rays of it and this and that and the other. So here's what I found. Uh, because, of course, it's what everybody wants. And it, it, Star Wars is about to come. It's, it's huge right now. This, they're going to rake in tons of money on the mm-hmm. older stuff also. Yes. Streaming online. Of course, you can rent it, which I think renting online is, is really crappy. When I have a red box down the road for a dollar sixty, I can rent the same movie typically for five bucks digitally. That's kind of crap. Yeah, uh, but some renting is still going to be six to eight dollars. That's whatever. Uh, owning it to to stream through iTunes, through Amazon, all digitally, typically twenty dollars a pop per movie. Wow, across the board. So when I okay, I'm going to check out Walmart. I'm going to check out Amazon. Buying the movies individually, at least of two or three weeks ago, it was twenty dollars per movie. Period. You know, whereas compared to Jurassic Park, you know, Jurassic World came out this summer. I went and got good copies of. I think I'd lost all my copies, so I went and got good copies of one, two, and three of Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Five dollar bit. Yeah, of seven dollar for Blu-ray, yeah. five dollar for regular. Awesome. We we built the whole collection instantly. Star Wars, not so much. Well, and if you would have, and if you bought those Star Wars movies two or three years ago, oh yeah, they may not have been in the in the cheapo bin, but you would have gotten them for cheaper than right. You know, they they know that everyone's saying, "Oh, we want to watch all the other movies before we go see Episode Seven. Let's capitalize on that." Yeah, so can't blame them. What I did find, uh, Amazon had it for very similar price, but I knew I could order it and walk into Walmart and go pick it up, so I got it from Walmart instead. Blu-ray, they have two sets. They have one, two, and three together. And four, five, and six together. And mm-hmm. I didn't need one, two, and three. And of course, you can't get the master set like Ibbett's talking about still, but I didn't price that because I didn't need one, two, and three. Yeah, it's 80 bucks. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. But you're getting you're getting six full movies in Blu-ray oh, plus yeah. digital. Yeah. And that's that's to me, that's important. I love the plus digital part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can get the Blu-rays with DVDs for $33, roughly. So you get three hard DVDs, three hard Blu-rays. You don't get digital, which is a little bit of a sad clown moment for me. But um, 
but still, it was cool. And, and I, I consider DVDs as loaner copies now. <laughs> right. I, get a, yeah. I was like, yeah, oh, you want to borrow my movie? Take the DVD. You can have right. the DVD. If you don't bring and it back. For your digital, and for your digital, you can always, you know, rip the DVD. Yeah. That's well, not. Voodoo Legal. has a service. Voodoo has a service. It's not that expensive. It's maybe five bucks a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it ranges from like three to seven bucks, I think. But you you go to their website. Um, you tell them what movie it is. And they... They ask you whatever question, like a UPC or something. I forget how they verify it because I didn't go through the process yet. But basically, you verify you legally own a, a physical copy. Mm-hmm. They will convert it to a digital copy for you. Really? Yeah. So you'll have both. Yeah. Oh, but I didn't know that. definitely something to worry. And it's under $10. I think the most expensive one was Blu-ray HDX, and it was $7, I think, oh. to make it wow. a Wow, I have no copy. idea that... They could legally do that. That's awesome. So, and that's fairly new. And I'm not sure if it's every movie because, again, I just saw it and was looking into it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'll it's like probably it. certain uh, certain studios probably allowed. Who knows? I'll have to Who check knows? that out. Voodoo. V-U-D-U. So, V-U-D-U, yep. Yeah, that's my service for all my digital stuff. I like them. I got into them pff, 10 years ago and just stuck with it. I don't know what it is. Cool. So yeah, lots of great Star Wars stuff. So the next episode of Breaking the Panel is going to be even more Star Wars stuff because it's going to be after we saw the movie. <laughs> It'll be like, oh man, I can't believe we said all that great stuff about Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> now before I get into my my slight temper tantrum that's coming up, uh, and it is, I'll go ahead. The trialers that I typed in instead of trailers, I typed in trialers uh, for dude, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle two. Yeah, oh, okay. my God. Be, I know Klotz because I saw his post along with mine. Did you see that trailer yet? Sorry. I saw all three of the ones we're going to talk about, and I I am still bothered by the fact that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles look like little fat green men. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, to me, I don't know which is worse, the uber cartoony versions of the 90s movies or the almost uber realistic versions right. it's like what would They're a real turtle out. look like well he'd look <laughs> like crap because turtles kind of look ugly so the thing yeah that gets me, I miss, oh, go ahead well the thing that gets me about the the michael bay turtles is that they look a lot like the evil turtle from back in the day i forget which there was a bad turtle I don't remember. Oh, one of the yeah. movies out of that one of the original movies out of Bad Turtle. Isn't that movie? He was in the cartoon series. He was in, he the, was in the cartoon series. series, but then I think he had a brief appearance in one of the films, like where they he shows up, they fight him, and he's gone, kind of thing. <laughs> um, but they they remind me of that every time I see them, I perceive them as the evil version, you know. And I'm yeah. like, oh, that's kind of weird. They're kind of creepy looking. Like, but uh, yeah, I mean, continue. Go ahead. I just that's something that stuck out to me like immediately i was like oh they kind of look like that bad guy i i think it's probably uh, not generational but i mean like an age thing uh where if if a movie hits you right when you're ready for it or right when you're in that right age group then you're gonna glom onto it uh for me transformers and teenage mutant ninja turtles never connected i liked the i still have the black and white comic, you know, the original black and white comic of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is very from, different uh, from what it's what it is now. From Island Comics? No, from uh, it was the self-published. Oh, even before um, you got picked up, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the the self-published thing, uh, which very Frank Miller. It's all black and white, um, and. I connected okay with that. Even that wasn't still my, you know, oh, I love this. It was like, oh, yeah, it's all right. Kind of cool. Kind of Daredevil, Frank Miller-esque. So I never connected with the cartoons or the movies Hmm. um, or the toys. Same thing with uh, Transformers. Never connected with with any of that stuff. So when I see the movies come out, I'm always like, meh, 
you know, that's something mm. I probably won't see unless it's on cable for free or streaming on Netflix or something. But I know that there are a lot of great, you know, a lot of fans who do love that stuff. And, and, um, Oh yeah. And so I defer, I defer to the people who, who love that stuff. Well, I will take that deferment, sir. Take that deferment. Because it did hit in my sweet spot. I mean, the cartoon came out. I, I felt, okay. So when I saw this preview, I was at, at uh, one of my other gigs and, and I had a guy there working. I was like, oh, have you seen this? I'm showing it to him. And he, for whatever reason, Googled the original, YouTube Googled, whatever, searched the original uh, cartoon. Because he remembered, like, this moment in it. And he's oh, I remember this specific moment. It's, like, episode four of the cartoon. And he brought it up. And it had to be when the Mausers were introduced. And the opening song plays. And I found myself instantly hitting every word of it. I know that <laughs> thing still by heart. And just nailed as like oh my god so i'm watching the trailer and my 13 year old kid comes out in me it, it's let me just break this thing down so it opens up they're there i'm like cool because of the the other michael bay movie it was okay my kids liked it being a turtles fan i didn't like it as much i loved the 90 mm. stuff which was cheesy as crap but I, that's it hit in my wheelhouse so you know that's turtles for me mm-hmm. um but i did enjoy the first movie it, it was fine but the second one it comes out and they're doing their thing and there's the freaking trash truck and i'm like mm-hmm. oh my god that's the turtle van <laughs> not the crap they pulled in the first movie that's the turtle van and it had tarta tartatua on it uh, the tartatua brothers which was on oh my god love that stuff <laughs> so they're doing that and then the next thing you see I, I don't remember exact order but the next thing you see is the van coming down the street and they're playing my song they're playing tricky i love that thing it just fits and they start shooting sewer caps out and i'm like oh my that was the part, dude, for me. Like, okay, I was born in Oh, the manhole covers? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, dude. I was born in 84, so I literally grew up when, like, the merchandising had just kicked off for it. You know what I mean? So I had, like, my sister and my parents had gotten me all of the first set of toys and stuff and a couple of the early vehicles. Yeah. And I was around uh, just before and going into kindergarten age at the time. And, yeah, so, like, seeing... The turtle truck shooting manhole covers. <laughs> I was like nostalgia bomb. Like yeah. I freaked. I, I got a, a little head rush and I was like, oh, my God, this is so flipping amazing. Yes. Because um, I, I wasn't in love with the last film, but it was like it was fun. You know, it wasn't good. Yes. It was just enjoyable. You know, it was it's I enjoyable. had a good time. Yeah. But this one, I'm like, oh, man, if they, even if they're just like doing this big budget version of all the toys I grew up with. That's fine because, <laughs> like, you know, in the 90s, we dreamed of something like that, but it yeah. wasn't possible back then. Yeah. You know, we didn't have technology like we do now where you can do that, where you could render those kind of graphics, you know. I mean, those suits, those suits were a achievement of their time. I True. mean, those were really detailed. And, you know, they in the grand scheme of things, they still look pretty good. I mean, it, it's hokey now, but it's like, no, it was pretty good for the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then oh, there, yeah. there's Kang's ship, the um, something dome, drone, uh, exodrome, technodrome, yeah, technodrome, yeah. So you see the pieces come flying through some portal. Oh, like, oh cool, Kang, 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 baby Kang. <laughs> Love Kang, you know, he does a weird <laughs> voice and he's got such juicy sounds, it's so gross, but he's a cool character. So then there's Baxter Stockman. And you see Baxter stop me. I didn't recognize him at first until I saw what he did. Like, oh, that's Baxter. Uh, but then as soon as I saw the actor, 
as in real human form, he had the mohawk and mm-hmm. the glasses went beep up, let's beep up, beep up. I'm doing this out loud, and nobody's around me, so I don't like freaking anybody <laughs> out. But I like saying it out loud, let's beep up, let's beep up. And then you see the actual converted forms where they're the rhino and the warthog, and it's bebop and rock steady, and tears mm-hmm. of joy are just streaming down my face. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so happy. And of course, you know, there's Megan Fox, but you know. It's whatever. You, we have to put up with her to get the rest of it. It's fine. So I'm a very, <laughs> yeah, very it's funny that Megan Fox is the medicine that you have to take with the sugar. Yeah, it is. It, <laughs> it, it's so like that, though, Emmett. Like, I it mean, totally you, we're like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's it. That's it. It's, then Casey Jones comes in mm-hmm. and starts doing his thing. And I've always loved Casey Jones almost as much as the turtles. He's like the fifth turtle to me. And he's doing his thing. And then it's none other than Steve Amell, who plays Arrow. If, yeah, yeah. If you're, right. there was no, okay, y'all didn't have the moment I had. It's like, Steve Amell. And y'all are like, yeah, okay. He was in that trailer? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He it. takes the mask off. He shared the he's trailer. There. He actually broke the trailer oh. ahead of time. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I didn't see it from his uh, connection. I, I made no connection to Stephen Mel. I might have tuned out. <laughs> I saw the rhinoceros running through the. Uh... Uh, it's not a rhinoceros. It's Rocksteady. God damn it! You got to get it right. Uh, so yes, I'm. I, as you can tell, I'm very, <laughs> very stoked. I made my kids watch this trailer like five times. My wife will leave the room now if I start talking about it. But yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's why. But oh, so here's the one last moment with that. So April O'Neil always in the cartoons. I don't know about the comics so much then, but the cartoons she's kind of a uh, like in a bad way a fifth wheel, and very much mm-hmm. Megan Fox is mm-hmm. going to play that well, I think. But I watched the, some of the earlier cartoons that this is based off of, and April O'Neil, of course, it's the '80s, and it was still geared towards teenage boys, so she was drawn with you know uh, an endowment, if you will, and she was a redhead, so she's this hot redhead. I'm like, why can't we get the chick from Mad Men to play her? Why do we have to have Megan Fox? I don't understand. Oh, geez. You think Christina Hendricks? <laughs> April I mean, if we're going to take everything else from the original cartoon, let's, let's do that. Just too. totally Jessica Rabbit her right up. Huh? Yes, yes, sir. I'm just saying. So, anyway, that's all I have to say. I just was excited about it. Uh, what's the next trailer? What's the next uh, Independence Day. Yeah, Independence Day. Too. Okay. Did, so, what do you guys think about that? Uh, it looks darker and grittier. The first yeah. one is a, you know, kind of a. A typical 90s action mm-hmm. uh, Michael Bay style. I don't know. It was uh, uh, it's the Mac- other guy who is, does all of the other Zemeckis? disaster. I don't remember who did it. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, I thought it, it looked a bit shit. Really? <laughs> Sorry. The yeah, trailer or the first movie? The, the, no, the trailer for the new film. I think it looks... I don't, I don't know. know. I think it looks... It looks grittier and darker. Roland Emmerich, that's the name I was trying to remember. I've just okay. been waiting for this for, what is it, ever since the last one happened, you know, 15 years ago, whatever. We'll right. Oh, I guess sequel. it is still, and it is still Roland Emmerich, but he's the guy who did, you know, the original. He did Day After Tomorrow. He's uh, got yeah. all those, you know, typical. You love uh, it for the effects, and you hope there's a great story for it. Right. Godzilla yeah, 2012. Yeah, as good as the first one kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. See, all, all these movies you're listing are on my top list. Yep, love that one. Yep, oh, right. No, that and that's one. what I'm saying. I mean, love these are all yep. movies, but they all they all have like a a giant, oh, my God, we've got to get together and mm-hmm. fend off this disaster, whether it's a giant lizard or the end of the world or uh, winter. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, this one looks, I don't know, it looks darker. It looks grittier. Um, I like seeing... Uh, um, 
Bill. Oh, dude whose name I can't remember. Which character? Uh, the the main dude from the the one that's not Will Smith. Jeff Goldblum. Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Yes. Yeah. Love seeing him in this. Yes. I think it's funny to see Judd Hirsch because yes. we were all clamoring for Judd Hirsch to reply, reprise his role, weren't we? I thought he was fun. In the no, no, he's one. fun, but it is just kind of funny. Like yeah. you know, like he's a he's a draw. <laughs> he's a draw yeah. enough to put in the trailer. Um, yeah. Personally, I'm looking forward to it. I think uh, this is this is the kind of sequel I'd like to see for Independence Day, where it's it's not just a Let's see if we can tell the same story with higher stakes. This is like, oh no, yeah. we've got some, you know. Mm. It looks like they actually go to a different planet and uh, or to the moon or They're something. Moon. And yeah, find no. Okay, yeah. so if you go to the website, there is a website with this trailer. Now I didn't see it from the website originally. I got it through Facebook, but I noticed it started playing something immediately. Like Jeff Goldblum's at a, a, oh. a memorial. Yes, and he's like, right. we remember this day where so it's many like lives what happened. Right. Yeah. Right. So if you go to the website, just, they put a lot of work in this website. Yeah, but you know, it's. I'll I'd to love to hear later on in another conversation for us how you, your breakdown of how they built the website because this is big spinning globe and you have dates and you move to the arc on the date and you click the event and it spins the globe and it tells you the event that happened and and there's, sometimes there's videos attached. It's very cool and, and to follow that. I noticed that they got pretty much everybody who survived the first movie is back in this one except for one 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 major player who apparently is too much of a diva to, to come right. play with us well, again. Well, he's he's doing the uh the the movie about uh, kids and their uh That's done. helmets Get and your ass back into the gear with ID4, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, you're doing important work with concussion, but come on. Right, right. Yeah, no, I guess you know, we're not going to have uh Will Smith. We're probably not going to have them saving the day with a uh a MacBook, uh, no, not even MacBook, a PowerBook G3 with a uh, hypercard delivering a virus into the yeah. <laughs> the heart of the alien ship. But um, yeah, no, I'm, it's gonna be it's gonna be a popcorn movie, and I'm looking yeah, forward yeah, to that. Absolutely, best moment of the trailer is you you basically got the gist of what's going on, and they're still doing more, and then they overlay the speech from the first movie. Oh right, and then they is, and then yeah. they cut it off. And then like, they cut uh, it off. Yeah. Right. Good, yeah. good. Is oh. The trailer, for trailer's sake, was well done, I thought. Right. Also, no, Rand, there's not going to be a Randy Quaid for obvious reasons. Yeah. Number one, he died in the first one, but number yeah. two, he's exiled. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much from he every can't... property ever. Right. <laughs> well, he, he can't come back into the country. Exactly, yes. Or, or no, wait, I think he did, and he got arrested. He did, and he, he got arrested, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so there's All right. that. Next trailer is X-Men Apocalypse. I will admit I've actually been remiss and forgot to go watch this thing. Oh, really? So I need to. I will. I will. I just, well, it hit when other things were going on and everybody's talking yeah. about. It. I was like, yeah, I need to watch that, and then I I forgot. I just got well, busy. we're we're running short on time here because Evan yeah. has to run. So I'm yeah. gonna give my impression on it real quick here, and then we can yeah. discuss briefly. But uh, I went from being I I had started to get kind of like a, a worrisome feeling and a bad vibe from some of the set photos and stuff that had been coming out. But this trailer actually makes it look like it's going to be reasonably okay. Um, my feeling is we don't, I, I hesitate to say that this is going to be a good film yet. Cause we weren't, haven't seen it. You know what I mean? Right. But like, I don't, I'm not as worried as I was before. Um, Apocalypse looks fine. Like it, cause people were complaining that he looked too cartoony and everything. And I was like, well, that's, there's no filters or anything like that. And so colors have to be bright on costumes and all that business. Um, the big thing for this trailer for me was, uh, I forgot the casting for Jean Grey. Had yeah. no idea it was the girl who plays Sansa Stark. Sansa? Yeah. Um, and so that kind of surprised me. Um, 
the other part of it was the uh, there were a couple like little things in there that I kind of forgot about or didn't really know about. Like I had no idea we were getting another um, Nightcrawler. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was really cool. And he looks really awesome. I mean, it's my my hopes are up now. I, we're I getting start- an archangel. We're getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're oh, getting I did, okay, so I did watch that. I've been, I've been trying to. Remember. I watched some trailer the other day. And I was like, <laughs> I knew I saw an awesome trailer. What was it? That was it. I, there you so go. I did. Yeah, archangel was a surprise to me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A good surprise. Um, a good surprise. Yeah, I mean, seeing him shooting the blades uh, from his wings, really, really cool effect. Um, seeing a, a new storm, a non Haley Berry storm, mm-hmm. or Halle Berry. Um, I. I've really enjoyed the whole direction with the first class, the X-Men first class and the, you know, the steering away from as much as I love Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen steering away from, from that Xavier and Magneto and going to the, mm-hmm. the fast bender and uh, other guy's name. I can't remember. Um, Scott I it's, right. Uh, really, really, really enjoyed X-Men first class and mm-hmm. enjoyed days of future past. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with the, the big reset that they, they took at the end. Um, so as long as they stay in that universe, as long as they stay with those actors, uh, Jennifer mm-hmm. Lawrence and, and uh, Fassbender, like I mentioned, I'm happy with it. And I think that, that they bring something really cool to the films that, um, that Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen couldn't save from uh, the first two films, you know, just having them wasn't enough for, for, Mm-hmm. Um, the third movie, um, it yeah. was campy, it was cheesy. And I think that the reset was just what they needed to kind of get things back on track and say, okay, we can, we can what do X-Men movie? movies without. Hmm? What third movie? <laughs> exactly. Right. right yeah. Now, now I just hear Chris Wisdom screaming out in pain and, and then going suddenly <laughs> silent. <laughs> yeah. We had a, we had quite a conversation. Yeah. I saw that a Facebook discussion about We that. love Chris. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so, so 2017, right? Or is it a, is it going to be a 2016 joint? No, it's next year. It's next year. Okay, it can't come soon enough it's for May. me with some yeah. of these great movies. Yeah, it's May. I believe it's May. Oh, release. good. So really early, and uh, well, yeah. in movie going terms, you think of the summer, so it's early. <laughs> yeah. So on that note, though, I think uh, I know we have some other stuff we could talk about, but I know we have some time limits today. Uh, so Shoot, let's let's jump into this bit. And I can okay. I can yeah let, we can take ten minutes. I'll I'll uh, I'll fend off the aggro, because <laughs> 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 I do want to talk about it. So uh, okay, why don't, you, why don't you go ahead because you Real do quick. lead into your. Follow up on X Men Apocalypse. It is May twenty seventh next year that comes out. Cool. cool. So. That's gonna be fun. Wow, Civil War the same uh, same yeah. month too. Well, we know who's gonna win that battle. Well, we do. Well, we hope. We hope we do. Anyway, so. all right. So Charles, you watched a television show the other day. Tell us I've about got, that experience. We we know I've got this inherent inherent hatred for CBS, and would they now Supergirl? I was like, oh my god! Now you're just jumping on the bandwagon, and and so I gave it. Almost a chance because I listened to DC on screen and they're like, Oh, here's the first episode. I'm like, Oh, I did it. It sounds super horrible, but I don't know. I think you just want to believe. I think it's really going to be trash. And it's like 3,000 miles to Vegas. I love that movie. 
because it's complete trash. And I love Kirk Douglas, or uh, uh, not Kirk Douglas, um, Escape from L.A. Kirk, uh, Kurt, oh, uh, Kurt Russell, Russell. Kurt Russell, Russell okay. and I forget his counterpart in that movie right now. But as and Thomas Hayden Church is is a stupid movie, but I, I want to love it, so I love it. You know, but it's a horrible movie. There's a chihuahua in a sweater. It's a horrible movie. <laughs> so I'm kind of thinking about, about this about Supergirl. It's like God, you just want to. Lie. I listened to their second episode. I was like, mm, and the numbers don't lie. I mean, the numbers are tanking on this thing. And they only they didn't even order the full back nine. They only ordered like the back six. And, you know, there was rumors of a flash crossover to help it out with numbers if they ordered the back nine. So we don't even know if they're gonna do that. And every time I watch commercial, I'm just like, I just hate this thing. Everything about it just says wrong to me. So oh. so the other night, oh the other night I'm in, in a bar and I'm hosting can, trivia. Can and, I break what? I'm not done with my rant, goddammit. <laughs> no, you can't break it. So, okay, Mike, is, Mike is breaking the panel. He is breaking the panel. I'm holding him off right this second. I got the Heisman Trophy stands going. Well, I got this. So I'm watching. I'm in the bar hosting trivia, and the, all the TVs are on mute. And I'm and last night, and the, I guess the midseason finale came on, whatever. And I'm like, kind of staring at, it, reading the captions in between. You know, while I'm waiting for people to turn in their answers and stuff. And I'm like, all right. And then there's just these. I'm like predicting the scene that's going to come up, like. I can't even hear what you're doing, and you're going to do this next. Boom. Oh, you did that. Oh, surprise. You didn't tell this guy over here who's a part of your life? about. No, that's a Greg Berlanti thing, right? Oh, the person in your life that you're the hero and they love you and you didn't share part of your life? Oh, you didn't do that? All right. <laughs> but the worst part of it was there's this fight scene at the end, and in this day and age, this is unforgivable to me. With all the freaking money and talent that you have you can choreograph a fight better because this guy and i won't ruin it for people who haven't seen it but this guy gets surrounded by guards he literally kneels down so that they surround and jump on him they don't jump they just kind of do a you know a hug circle around him and then he pops up and they fly off but there's no effort it's just like Ta-da! and they fly off and the caption says grunts and I was like, I'm done. This this is horrible. I'm so so I like that you're I like that you're basing your your feeling uh, on, <laughs> on what the, they chose the to type caption. in for closed captioning. <laughs> I just say it. Oh, and Mike, Mike, you're breaking in because I know I'm I'm totally ruining a property you love. So go ahead, sir. Okay, I've got one question for you. Yeah. How many episodes have you seen? Okay, so I haven't seen like any episodes. I'm pulling a whole <laughs> internet stunt here. At least because, the internet will do this based on a trailer. You're doing yeah, it based, I'm doing it based on, on nothing. Eight minutes but, of a silent. <laughs> it's based on my feeling about the Man, channel. Man, I sure hope them talkies come out someday. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to give you my opinion is not fully vested and vetted, and I have not seen any, sir. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. That yes says it all. That tone in yeah. your voice says it all. <laughs> really? <laughs> Just wanted to, because I'm about to come down on you, and, and right. I want to make sure if what I thought was true. Not having seen a single episode, if all you've ever seen of Supergirl are recaps from other people who have seen the show or the occasional uh, trailer or clip that you're going to trip across uh, as, as you wander around the web, yeah, I can see how you would develop the opinion that you have on it, man. But that show is such a good show and it has so much heart, which is a thing that I think our comic book properties have been missing for a while now. Even the ones we love, even the ones that kick ass, you know, I, I'm a I'm a big Deadpool fan, just like every other Deadpool fan in the world. Yeah. But Deadpool has no heart. 
There's no heart to it. It's just comedy. I've uh, seen him take it out several times. <laughs> <laughs> but with Supergirl, here's here's how I look at Supergirl. And and guys, you call me on this if 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 you feel BS. But what's happening with the DC properties is that DC is owning the television universe and Marvel has a lock on the cinematic aspect of all its properties. Um, Marvel's TV shows outside of uh, Agent of, of S.H.I.E.L.D. just not as good as what DC has been doing. And I'm You're talking about broadcast TV. You're talking about broadcast TV, not like Netflix, right? Ah, broadcast TV. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. That, I was that's say, fair well, enough. Well, was that fighting words because those Netflix shows are pretty damn good. <laughs> Talking specifically about what you're going to find on broadcast TV, Arrow, uh, The Flash, that kind of thing. And if you take DC's uh, television properties and just drop them into separate universes, each channel is its own universe in the DC multiverse. So what you've got is Arrow and Flash in one universe and Supergirl being on an entirely different network, CBS, uh, that'll be a different universe. But in my head, up here where, where my brain lives, it's the Richard Donner, uh, Chris Reeves, Superman universe. And Supergirl is carrying that forward beyond the movies. The feel of the show is so, uh, it's, it's earnest. It's positive. Uh, in, in a world where we've grown so used to the grim and gritty superhero, the anti-hero, uh, most of our favorite heroes are anti-heroes, but Supergirl is just completely not that it's, it's a female version of the big blue boy scout that we all knew and loved from the seventies and which people are starting to kind of bitch about these days. But there's a swing back in the superhero universe. Marvel is doing it as well. But it's a swing back towards the positive and away from the grim and gritty. And if you look at Supergirl in that point of view, it's a really positive, entertaining show. It's Now, none of the four of us are in the demographic for that show. <laughs> I freely admit that. You're not 13 and you're not 80. But I've got a good buddy of mine, and Tuesday night is appointment viewing for him and his three daughters. That show, they sit down, and that's it's one of a few things that the four of them are able to connect about. And it's he's a geek dad. His girls are all geeks. And that show, they just eat it up. And he and I get on the phone the next day and kind of go over it. And, and just give Supergirl a chance, man. It's got everything, Charles, that you always complain about with Arrow and Flash, which is the uh, the, 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 the W-being of it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But I mean, CWing, yeah, right. Yeah, the 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 triangle. Oh, well, in the case of Supergirl, it's a love quadrangle. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not trying to say this is a perfect show, and there's a lot about it that I get kind of okay. Move on to the good stuff. It's one of those classic deals where the first few episodes you can see where they're trying to go. By the middle of the show, you you know, middle of this first half of the season, you can see what they're trying to accomplish. Last night's episode. They nailed every single part of it solidly right in the middle of the forehead. The girl who is Supergirl, her acting skills, you begin to see them in these later episodes. Uh, it, it, I could go on for hours. We don't have that much time. <laughs> Bottom line is, give it a chance. That's all I'm asking. Just give it a freaking chance. <laughs> all right, all right. Get back all in your right. cage. All right, all right. I did like, and I, and I saw the pilot and uh, really enjoyed the pilot. There were a couple things in latter episodes that um, steered me away from it to the point where it wasn't 
it wasn't me saying I'm never going to watch this. It was me saying, all right, when uh, winter break or summer break comes and I've got nothing new, then I will binge watch a bunch of episodes of uh, Supergirl. But Tina did totally write it off. (laughs) (laughs) And she would be what I'd consider to be pretty close to maybe an older uh, of that uh, target audience. Okay. It it just, the show gets better every episode that goes by. And so much so, the numbers have improved to the point where it got a full order for its first season, and it's already got an order for the second season. There will be a second season of Supergirl. All right. Everybody, this is Mike, the producer. So you'll, if he says give it a chance, I kind of have to because he can tank the show. (laughs) (laughs) But with your passion, man, you start talking about Christopher Reeve. You start talking, all right, you know. I loved Christopher Reeve. I loved those movies. So if this is part, if you feel like that's part of that universe, gives you the same feeling, I'll, I'll begrudgingly give it a chance. I'm out, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> and speaking of being out, we have to get out as well. Check us out. Giant Size Team Up Network. We are part of that. We actually are the flagship show with that. It is our network. Mm-hmm. We love that. We have punches of friends over there. Check it out, including DC on screen. Which we is have where punches of friends? Punches of friends. Punches. Ron Funches of friends. Although, okay, don't get me started, Ron Funches. I got to go. Uh, so check it, Giant Size Team Up Network. Uh, the website is coming very soon. Check us out, blogtalkradio.com forward slash breaking the panel. You can subscribe there by hitting the little RSS feed. You can follow us there as well. And we are working on the iTunes aspects of everything. Anything else you guys want to throw out before we go? Not really. Enjoy Star Wars, and uh, we'll talk to you about it on the other side. This is our last show before the holidays, so happy holidays, everybody. Yeah, right. Good point. And look at you, taking a more sentimental approach. I'm like, you know, Star Wars. (laughs) Star Wars. (laughs) And I was going to come up with a Supergirl joke, but I won't. Also, real quick plug for uh, Discothon, Day After Christmas. Uh, noon Eastern until midnight. Uh, we'll be having all kinds of GSTU people on board. Uh, I'm going to stream some games on Twitch. We're going to have some panels. We're going to have a community call at the end. If you're not already a fan of our uh, our main page right now uh, on Facebook is the From the Helicarrier page. Uh, but you can hit us up there to get details uh, once I post the full schedule. Um, but yeah, just keeping it brief here. Uh, come check it out. Come hang out with us. It's all for a good cause. It's an extra life event, and it's all to remember our good friend Jesse Henderson, who we lost earlier this year. Well put. All right. Until next time, keep on reading, keep on watching, and uh, unless you're like me, just form your opinions on commercials <laughs> and nothing. 